0: Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes.
1: And I'm Anna Cash.
0: Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say, perfectly at home.
1: We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more.
0: We answer listener questions teach beginner and intermediate techniques and share our very best tips for preserving successfully.
1: We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources and more so you never have to second guess your preserving practices again.
0: Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode.
1: Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. We are so stoked. Well, at least I am anyway. I am your host, Anna Cash, with my co-host, Jenny. Today, we are going to be talking about preserving for charcuterie boards, appetizers, all of this, and this is like right up my alley. Jenny, are you as excited as I am?
0: I am. And before we hit record today, we were talking about charcuterie and how it is such a fun just, uh, it, we just love that it has risen in popularity and we just really love, love, love this topic, canning for charcuterie. And before we hit record, I mentioned an Instagram account we will link in the show notes. It's at Ain't Too Proud to Meg and she just has like such an outstanding array of charcuterie boards, ways to assemble food. That's beautiful. That's not that hard. It's educational. She dives into like all these different cheese types and how to slice them and store them. And she also has this amazing, it's not a book, but it's a, it's called a cheese board deck. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's a cheese board deck. And anyway, just, it just is like another source of a beautiful inspiration for welcoming groups into your home having delicious snacks to snack on and we are here to tell you that canning for charcuterie is going to be like the thing you add to your canning to-do list because there's so many great recipes that you can start preserving now or anytime and just have a little stock on your pantry shelves of these delicious things for when you have company expected or unexpected and can kind of throw together a beautiful plate or dish or board to welcome your guests. I want to mention one thing about canning these things. And I cannot say enough good things about canning in tiny jars. Canning in the little four ounces or canning in a half pint jar cannot be understated because it allows you to bring these items sealed as a gift or as a hostess gift or just already sealed up so that it can be assembled at your location. So I will always bring a sealed jar of preserves like for example we eat a lot at my sister-in-law's house and then you know we're visiting hanging out and then I can assemble my board there and the jar is still sealed so all these recipes we're going to share with you today I would just encourage you or just just consider canning those jams in little bitty jars because it just makes it very easy to grab and go So Anna Cash cans, such an incredible array of pepper jellies, beautiful, clear, spicy, delicious stuff. She's going to dive in and tell you about all these charcuterie, perfect jellies she makes.
1: Okay, so I think it was last year I did a deep dive into spicy pepper jellies, which led me into understanding and trying super hot peppers and mixing them with the fruit that I grow. I have 13 fruit trees on my property and I do a ton of foraging locally. And so these were the perfect flavor combinations to me. And I also have certain members like brothers-in-law that are always like, make it hotter. Can it be hotter? So I just... All last year, I just did a really deep dive rabbit hole down into pepper jellies and super hot pepper jellies. And so I'm going to go down some of the list of things that I will can and preserve in those little four ounce jars that Jenny was talking about, because they're the perfect size for a charcuterie board. And some of these recipes are available in the ball canning book. Some are my own personal recipes. And are available, you know, like in my canning course or things like that. Mm-hmm. Great. I would also love to put together in the future an ebook that's all about pepper jellies with like recipes and beautiful pictures. Okay. So this is just a rundown of some of the, some of the jams and jellies that I make for charcuterie boards over the holidays. So I have jalapeno jelly, which is out of the ball canning book. I make a cranberry jalapeno, uh, apricot habanero, pineapple habanero, peach jalapeno, and then into my sweet slash savory, I have blackberry basil, apricot, strawberry rose, strawberry coconut. Um, incredible. <laughs>
0: I have questions. Yeah. Can you clarify for our readers who might be new to the pepper world? Tell us how hot is a jalapeno in comparison to a habanero? And maybe tell us what they look like in the grocery store. What do we look for when we're shopping for those?
1: Sure. So online, there's available like lots of pepper charts that have Mm. numbers. A jalapeno is kind of like your foray into some hot peppers. Mm-hmm. And those are the pepper jellies that I recommend to people that are like, oh, I have kids or it's, I don't like super hot stuff. It just has a little bit of a kick. I would say habaneros are like maybe middle of the road. It's one of my favorite peppers, the habanero because of the flavor, but also the spice level. And then as you get hotter into ghost pepper, scorpion pepper, oh. Carolina reaper,
0: Holy cow. All
1: of these uh, super hots is what they're called Mm -hmm. are going to be in the millions of Scoville level heat. So uh, last year I did try and find and sourced a lot of these peppers fresh, but toward the end of the season, I realized that I could actually purchase the dried powders, add them to my pepper jellies without changing the pH and worrying about the pH and also it would be a bit more potent because the dried pepper has a bit more heat than the actual pepper um, because it's condensed down, it's dried. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. It doesn't have that oil, that capsaicin oil, you know, that's readily available in fresh peppers, but I find that the dried powders are just as good. This is so valuable. Such good information.
0: I would not have known any of this, <laughs> at least certainly about the dried. And that's, That's a really important tip, too, because you can add dried spice and like a dried powder ingredient without worrying about changing the safety of your water bath canning recipes. Yeah. So a person, tell me if I'm wrong, could add, you know, a a teaspoon of a hot pepper that's dried and powdered to a standard blackberry jam canning recipe,
1: correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. And the 3-pack powdered set that I have has like ghost pepper, scorpion, and Carolina Reaper, and I'll link it in my show notes. It's from yes. I think it's called the Sonoran Spice Company. They're out of Arizona. Wow. Yeah, and they're great. Yeah. They're just really fun to tinker around with. The other day, I had like a little bit of jam left in my pot. I think it was apricot. And I just sprinkled a bunch of Reaper powder in there. (gasps) My brother-in-law, he works at a firehouse and he's always like, hotter, hotter. (laughs) Oh, cute.
0: That's amazing. And I also feel like some of these flavors really lend themselves to the... The lesser known or the less popular fruit, the fruit that does not have an amazing marketing team behind them, like quince, right. apricot, persimmon. Yeah. I did mango. Mm. Yeah. This really, this is amazing. Okay. So we're definitely going to link to the spices that Anna mentioned. You said coconut? Yeah. How do you add coconut or how, yeah. what
1: form is the coconut in that recipe? So it's an extract it's a Mm. extract. When I do my strawberry rose, I tried a few different iterations of this. I tried fresh rose petals uh, from my garden and that as the rose petals broke down, they weren't like the best texture. So Mm -hmm. then I did rose water. Mm. That wasn't very potent. And I ended up going with a rose essential oil good essential oil, and I only have to add one drop to the entire batch. And it's like the perfect flavor profile. It's not too overpowering, like
0: perfumey. Yeah. So that's something actually I wanted to talk about. I mean, this could be like a whole episode, but just using good quality, high quality, safe to consume essential oils in canning can be so amazing like my favorite is to add a drop of oregano to tomato sauce because i mean not that not that it always matters but sometimes you don't want like green flex or green whatever and it doesn't change the ph it doesn't change the safety of the recipe it adds a ton of flavor in a tiny amount yeah some of these would really could be amazing like i pressure canned mushrooms for um which could be an awesome charcuterie board addition and one drop of rosemary was like, it made it so good because like the sprigs of rosemary are great, but you can't like eat that, right? Yeah. It's still so woody, but amazing idea with the rose essential oil. That's a, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. And I like the idea of, of using essential oils in like things that are savory. Like I
0: I have mm-hmm. a friend that
1: uses them in her salsa recipes. Mm. She'll add like lime or black pepper essential
0: oil. Ooh. That's, that's really smart. I think that's really, really smart. And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches a variety of courses, including the super fast steam canning course at startcanning.com. Use code POD25 to get 25% off those courses today. That's code POD25 to get 25% off today. So one item that I canned, and this seems like such a weird thing to can, but I love canning pickled pearl onions. And it's a great wintertime recipe or springtime recipe when those first show up in grocery stores. And pearl onions are just like the size of a shooter marble. Or, like, they're smaller than a golf ball. They're small. And it is a lot of work, or as my grandma would say, a lot of farting around (laughs) to peel them. But once you do, then pickling them is very simple. They're just in a simple brine, and you water bath can them. But they are such a cool little thing to put on a toothpick, on a skewer, Mm. with a cube of cheese, with some cured meats like it's just is a good weird veggie and they stay pretty crunchy with cucumber pickles you have to be pretty thoughtful about how you're going to make sure they're not soft and the pickled pearl onions stay crisp pretty crisp and you can also use them like putting them into stews you can do lots of things with them they're a pretty useful pantry staple mm. But they're just like weird and good. And I love them.
1: <laughs> I've always been intimidated to do them because I I think about all that fiddly work, getting the leaves or the outer. I mean, once you just get going, you just, it, I don't know. It's like
0: anything else. I'm sure you do lots of fiddly things. It, it isn't that hard. It's, I, I'd rather do that than like peel tomatoes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> True. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. And then in the same vein, carrot pickles, I think are another pickle that people don't necessarily think of. They're so easy. And again, they always turn out to be really crisp because a carrot is so stiff. It's another simple brine, another simple pickle. But they they hold their color well. They're crisp. You can add a lot of different seasonings to the brine and or essential oils. They're just delicious and good and also like another vegetable that to add to your plate. They're just good. And then, you know, its first cousin is the dilly bean. Yeah. Um, which is green beans that are canned as a pickle. And those are also really, really great. That's, that's like part of my canning memory is dilly beans. Like my mom always canned dilly beans because they are, they can be really, really good. And as long as you choose a good quality vinegar, they taste really delicious and they're great on an hors d'oeuvre plate or a appetizer plate for sure.
1: Yeah. And people can find that recipe in the ball canning book. Mm-hmm. i love that recipe because it's just a bit spicy too that cayenne mm. at the bottom gives just the right amount of
0: kick to me and if you don't want the kick just you can omit the cayenne pepper entirely and your canning recipe is still perfectly safe the pickled pearl onions i've had that on my blog for years and same with the carrot pickles i think they're such such good pickle recipes you have uh a suggestion for a marinated cauliflower. Tell us about that.
1: Ooh, yeah. So I believe this is in the book, So Easy to Preserve. Anyway, mm, the brine- I think so. The brine has turmeric, it has sugar, water, and vinegar, and maybe mustard seeds, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Um, Are there carrot slices, carrot medallions? No, it's just cauliflower. It's just cauliflower. I believe- okay. Mm, I'll have to revisit it. It's been a couple years okay. since I've made it, but I love it on a charcuterie board. I love like mm. anything pickled on a charcuterie board because you need that that acid to cut the fat of meats and cheese. I mean that. I think that's why your pickled pearl onions work so well is because mm-hmm. it's that fat. So yeah, I I really like the cauliflower pickled cauliflower. It, it's just a different thing that you can't get really at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. If I ever make a gift basket for somebody, I'll throw it in there. And they're like, "Ooh, what is this? You know, it's like this bright yellow turmeric color. Oh, gorgeous. So there's a brand
0: of pickled veggies that is available here in California. And I think they're not incredibly far from where I live. This uh, brand of called Martinelli's. I'm sure they're out of Central Valley of California. Oh, Sure. But they have, it's like kind of fun to look at all their selections in the grocery store because it gives me ideas of things that I could can for a charcuterie board because they have, they do the cauliflower, but with carrot medallions. So rounds of carrots in there. And they also do pepperoncinis, which are like little delicious. My husband will take a whole jar of those peppers to work to eat a few with his sandwich at lunch. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're just, they just make a really nice you know, pairing with the, just the cold lunch sandwich. But yeah, just looking at all those different pickled veggies and all the different, I don't want to say weird, like it's a negative thing, but just different than what you would think of. Right. Those are so fun. The peppers, and again, peppers don't have to be spicy. They can be a mild pepper. We have peppers, like most people who have gardens here grow things, these peppers called banana peppers, and they have no spice at all. They're just mild, right? Yeah. Yeah. So those mild peppers are delicious. And then you can like choose to either leave them whole or slice them into rounds. There's a thing
1: called uh cowboy candy. Have you ever canned that? I have never. I know a lot of people love it. It's like a really sweet and pickled jalapeno. Yeah. See, I'm not into that either, but that is a
0: very popular thing to can and gift, especially in the South. It's just a super sweet and spicy pickled jalapeno, which I'm sure for some families that is a staple on their charcuterie board or in their gift basket
1: too. Yeah. I've never made that.
0: Yeah. See, I haven't either. And I wonder if that's just a regionalism. I've never even had anyone offer it to me. It's completely never – I've never even had it. But I know people are crazy for it.
1: Yeah. So I – I actually on my charcuterie board sometimes will put pickled beets as well. And mm. I was talking about this, she was like, I don't eat beets. Nobody I know eats beets. Yeah. And I was telling her that I didn't grow up eating beets. Like my family never ate beets. Uh-huh. The only exposure I had to, to beets were like pickled beets, maybe in a salad. Mm-hmm. It was off to the side. And I always just like kind of pushed it off my plate because it, I mean, they were gross. They were canned uh commercial canned soft pickled beets. And they just weren't that great. But I've I found a really great recipe in the ball canning book that has uh, you know, some warming spices in it like cinnamon, nutmeg, whole cloves, and then you tie it in a cheesecloth bag. Mm -hmm. I made one batch of that and I found that I didn't really love the flavor of those spices, so I ended up taking them out. Mm. Doing the brine, and I love them now. My family will eat them. I eat them on salads. I have them on charcuterie boards. They're just a really nice—I don't know—like pickled product. Well, they're just a great.
0: They pickle well, right? They stay firm, yeah. And the color—you're never going to get color more beautiful in the natural world. I mean, it's so pretty. You can't beat it. It's beautiful and it's bright. I'm going to have to get on the beet train for sure. I'm missing out. I can tell. I know. It's so good. And don't people cut them into cute shapes? Could you cut them with a cookie cutter? Yes.
1: When I was at a county fair this year, there was a woman, Uh I think she was maybe 85 or something, and she had cooked her beets and then sliced them to about a quarter inch thickness. And she used a heart cookie cutter. And she cut all these hearts out. They were so cute. And she said on the label, she she even had a label that was the shape of a heart. And she said, heart beats, B-E-E-T-S. Oh! This is so adorable.
0: That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. That's the cutest preserving story I've ever heard. Yeah.
1: That is adorable. So if you want to get real crazy, you can do that. You could
0: cut out stars. You could, like, for 4th of July. 4th of July, I mean... Cute. Super cute. Go for it. That is so much good canning for charcuterie information. Uh, We could go on and on and on about this, but I think that gives you guys a jumping off place for thinking ahead, canning in small jars that are easy to grab and go or easy to take as a hostess gift and just start canning things that would be delicious, sweet or savory spicy or not, amazing on a charcuterie board because it can be so fun to welcome your guests or contribute to a get-together with these amazing recipes.
1: Yeah, that was a great episode. Thanks so much, Jenny. We are excited to have some of this information in our show notes and just reach out if you have any questions at all. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative please give our show a rating and review it only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow
0: follow us on social media at smart home canning and at the domestic wildflower
1: email your preserving questions to perfectly preserved podcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show
0: thanks so much for listening stay tuned for our next episode released every week